0: Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Jesse, are we ready to do this again? I don't again? know if I know
1: how to do this anymore. I'm like, I, is this the right button to push?
0: I'm like, we've gotten really out of practice, but we are so happy to be back. And oh, wrong button. I am sitting here nursing our precious little Micah Timothy, and we are going to share his birth story today. And the birth. Overall, I'll give you a little teaser, was my easiest birth by far, but the leading up to the birth was pretty eventful and after the birth was fairly eventful too. I would say no, on both sides, we, we definitely kind of had some of the most eventful week before the birth and week after the birth. So we're going to talk first about just leading up to the birth. For those of you who don't know, I am 40 years old, actually 40 and a half, as the sonograms every single week would remind me of. And I had a lot of different complications or almost complications, concerns of complications this pregnancy, more than I've ever had before. And so I ended up getting to get a lot of sonograms, have extra appointments, work with a maternal fetal specialist, and I learned a lot. Um one of the things he said to me, which is the funniest thing, is he said, Your eggs are old. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, thanks. He was very nice. Don't don't get me wrong. But it was just, it was just interesting. Um, so since I'm considered advanced maternal age or geriatric pregnancy, which no one said to me, and honestly, they rarely ever talked about, other than him talking they, about my eggs being old or something like that, in the context of sharing how that can sometimes play out in different ways. Well,
1: but the nurses were talking about you know, what do you call it, geriatric, and about you being old. And they were, I don't know if they were just trying to be nice or saying, no, you're not that old, but...
0: Yes. Um, anyway, so because of that, I had multiple sonograms um, leading up to the birth, and we made the decision for me to be induced. This was my third induction. I was induced with Caitlin and then with Kirsten also because of my age and um, then with Micah. And we were really actually hopeful that I would go before the induction. So the soonest that they can do an induction um, for your age, if there are no issues with the pregnancy, is at 39 weeks. Um, It appeared in the many weeks leading up to the (laughs) induction that I was going to be induced early or going to have to have a C-section based upon just multiple things that kept happening, but lots of prayer and um I I would say doctors and, and OB who were you know wanting to not just rush ahead but make sure that we were being wise mm-hmm. um ended up that I didn't have to have a C section and um I made it to 39 weeks which was really, you know, our hope. But I was kind of hoping to go early in the sense of that um, I really didn't want to be induced, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, however, it was interesting because I think Jesse, you and I both prayed a lot in the two weeks leading up to my induction date that I would, you know, just naturally go into labor,
1: and yeah, and we thought that that was going to happen
0: because I was having a lot of signs of. Going into labor, I always have lots of contractions, but there were other other things like bloody show and things like that that usually mean that labor is going to be pretty imminent. And I also, I think at 37 weeks, I was dilated to a four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, my body was obviously progressing and um, so... We just did really prayed for that, but it was just so interesting to to look back and see how God's hand was in the timing of everything because the week before my induction, baby D got really sick. And I would it's the sickest by far that he's been oh, since, definitely since by we've far. had yes. him He had some diarrhea stomach thing stomach bug it of was some sort it yeah. was really bad. And was it seven days? It of, was a full week. And he he lost a lot of weight, and he was miserable. And I've never had a child that their bottom bled so much mm-hmm. from the diarrhea, and he just cried almost nonstop.
1: Well, and part of that, too, was this, the emotional toll that it took, because it was basically a microcosm of our whole experience with him, mm-hmm. because he... almost reverted back to how he was when we got him.
0: Yes. It was that bad. He, It was weird. And I almost feel like there was some sort of traumatic thing that it's like this, him, I know he was very, very hungry because, I mean, it was like everything that he was eating was just going straight through him. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we could not keep anything in him. It would just go straight through. And
1: that's the thing about tube, tube feeding him. Because I mean, we're on a certain schedule for his tube feeding, and we can try to increase it, but it's really difficult to manage.
0: Well, and we, you know, it's it goes not in like it comes out. Well, it's not like we can give him, I mean, he can eat like bread or, you know, but the things that you mm-hmm. would usually think that would kind of maybe help stop them up or something, he can't really eat eat those well. And so he was really sick and it was like, he was really scared that he was going to be malnourished. So then it's like, it it turned into this like anxiety of sorts. And he was acting super weird. And all he wanted to do was just drink, 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 Mm -hmm. drink, 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 It was like, he was desperate for water or anything that was liquid. And, um, you know, we just kept, giving it to him because he was so thirsty and um, we took him into the ER. We called the doctor multiple times and he had
1: had gotten fluids before that and
0: And at the ER and they basically were just like, you know, there's, you know, these are the things to watch for, but there's not really anything that we can do for a child this age. Um, You know, I think if you're an adult, there's medicines that they can give you. But Mm -hmm. when you're that age, they tried some different medicines and nothing helped him. So anyway, he was really, really sick. So I was so grateful because had I had... Micah earlier, it would have been really hard to have him and have this extremely sick child um, because I was just so worried about him. And then also he could have gotten Micah really sick or I could, I I mean, it was just, there's so many different things, but then also he did not get fully well and back to his cheerful self until the day before, like half a day before Mm -hmm. my induction. And I think my heart just needed that so much because I just had to work through a lot of my own fear and anxiety of what if I go into labor and he's so sick. Like I felt like I couldn't leave him. Um, And so I was just grateful. God's God's timing and all of that. So we were so grateful. He was back to his cheerful, happy self (laughs) Sunday afternoon. And then it was time for us to gear up for the birth and So my induction was scheduled for Monday morning. We were supposed to get there about 5.30 a.m. And this was another interesting thing. One of the reasons we had prayed that I would go early is because, Jesse, you were going to be leaving with Silas on, we're supposed to leave on Monday. Mm Because Silas had this huge tournament for baseball starting on Tuesday in Florida, Destin, Florida, that he had been looking forward to yeah, for months year. and months all and months. Year. Like he's been looking forward to this far before he knew about it before I knew I was pregnant. And so it was one of those things that when we looked at the calendar and we saw when it was, and we saw what my due date was, we were like, well, that might be a little <laughs> interesting. And um, as it came closer and closer and closer, we were like, not sure how this is going to work out. And so we talked about a lot of different Plan A, Plan B, Plan G, Plan F, Plan H. I mean, we were going down and finally just landed on, you know, if I'm induced, we'll see how it goes. And if everything is going really well and I feel really good about everything and baby's doing really well, then you guys would leave. But Mm -hmm. if that wasn't the case, then we were going to figure it out as it went on. And so not only on Sunday were we packing for me going to the hospital, but we were getting everything (laughs) in line for you guys to be leaving for, you were going to leave Monday if all went well and be gone until really late Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were going to be going with Silas and also Caitlin and baby D because we just figured out that was the best kind of configuration of who to stay home and who to go. So it was just funny because my mom had texted me and, you know, and I, she called me just like, how are you feeling about tomorrow? And I was like, actually, I'm working on getting all the packing done for you guys because I was packing up all baby D's stuff um, for you guys to leave. So just kind of interesting. Um, But we went into the hospital Monday morning, which, by the way, I was able to sleep Sunday night. I was really grateful. I wondered if I would be kind of up a lot of the night. Um, and since I hadn't slept well the week before, right on cue, Jesse, is yawning. Yep. Literally, I said, hadn't slept well, and you started yawning.
1: Maybe that was like a five volume sleep or whatever. No, never mind.
0: Since I hadn't slept well the week before, I was just grateful because, you know, you know, once you have the baby, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of sleeping happening for a little while. So... Slept well, got up um, Monday morning, and it was really fun because this I had decided to kind of live story it on Instagram. I'm the Money saving mom on Instagram, and you can actually go if you're interested. You can see I have a highlight on there. It's a little circle underneath my profile. That is my birth. So if you want to go back and see my stories from the birth, um, that was obviously I didn't take video of the birth, but like just the whole experience before and after and stuff.
1: During and...
0: So we get there and it was just really calm and quiet. And Caitlin came with us because, um, Catherine had come to my other two boats. So we decided that it was, she and Caitlin, us all decided that it was her turn. So she came there and it was funny because Jesse, you and Caitlin just kind of like, I don't know. We just kind of all did our own thing Mm -hmm. in the room for a little while because they we're getting everything hooked up and... It
1: um, kind of took a while for everything to start kicking in.
0: Yes. And they decided they wanted to check me first thing and I was at a six. <laughs> so then they were like, okay, well, this will probably go quickly. We thought it would go quickly, but this is probably going to go really quickly. Um, and I didn't want to get my hopes up because you never know, but... Uh, was that
1: at seven when they...
0: Seven in the morning, is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? It was probably seven
1: is when No, no, it was eight when they started the pit. That's right.
0: Yes. So it just takes a while. They have to but, get all that, checked and Was that when you were a six though? I was already a six before they started pits. Yeah. They wanted to get kind of a, okay, here's where we're starting from. But we made the decision kind of collectively with the nurse and with my OB um, that we would break my water first thing and not use very much pit because the other two times I'd been induced, the pit contractions are just really, really intense. And with my body already naturally, I have very Jesse's yawning again. I guess I'm really boring. You haven't gotten a lot of sleep last few nights. That's for a whole other podcast. True. You've got a lot going on. Um but anyways, so I um, we made the decision that they were gonna break my water first and not use very much pit because with Me naturally going quickly, plus adding in pit, it just has made for the two times that I've done that, the labor's been a lot harder and very intense and very fast and and last time it almost scared me with how fast it went at the end and they weren't ready. You weren't you
1: didn't seem in control.
0: Yeah, it just this time it was amazing. So that was my my hope was really for it to be as natural as possible and to feel as natural as possible as far as contraction-wise instead of the really intense pit contractions. And also just for me to be present, you know, knowing that this was my last baby and just wanting to just fully like experience the whole thing and be fully present. um, That was my hope. So they started the pit just at two and she broke my water and um, nothing really happened for I mean, I think you said, yeah, she broke my water. I think it was a little after eight. Mm-hmm. And from eight to 11, 11, it was just really quiet. I read a book. You guys kind of just were on your phones and doing things. And you, I think you were talking to the kids we're on the phone. scheduling
1: Instagram. Um,
0: yes, I was posting things on Instagram. I had pre-scheduled or I had pre-written some answers to questions, but I saved those for when the contractions got hard. Right. Yep. Anyway, so... Um, I was just sitting on the ball and, um,
1: No, that was, that was a surprise. They brought a ball in for you. And I think you were asking for the peanut and cause you had had a peanut with Kirsten.
0: I think they call it recall. peanut ball or something. No,
1: because the peanut is, looks like a peanut, right? But th- this was actually like a yoga ball. And so then you appreciate that you like more.
0: Right. And I had asked them with Kirsten and they said we didn't have, they didn't have an exercise ball. So this time they said they gave me options. And so they brought in some different options, which was such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would much rather labor on the ball. And so I was on there and like, you know, I was having contractions, but they weren't anything. I could talk through them. I was reading. I was, they were not distracting me at all in any way. And, and they were getting more intense, but again, I could still talk through them. They were a few minutes apart. Um, and so I think it was near like 10, 50, 11 o'clock. I was really wanting to kind of get the show on the road because so I were, knew a bit. that you guys needed to get on the road. Mm-hmm. And so they had up they had up the Pitocin Two and then four and then six and then eight. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then they checked you.
0: No, no, you're getting ahead of things. Um, so I was starting. I they checked you. They they did, but just hold up. We're not okay. there yet. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, and so I was feeling like I I want to maybe if I get in a different position, maybe that will help. Um, And I feel like that's one thing, always work with your body and, you know, always advocate for what you need at the hospital, like asking for the exercise ball, asking for the options, but then also, you know, getting in the best position to help your body to be um, getting that baby to just come down. And so I got up and went to the bathroom, sitting on the toilet can be kind of like a good way to kind of help your body kind of kick things into gear. And so when I went to the bathroom, I noticed that I had a hard contraction. That was one that I probably would not have been able to talk through. And so that was a good sign. So I thought I'm going to get up on the bed. And so I got up kind of on my knees, um, to kind of help open things up and I could feel, I could just feel that things were starting to progress. And so this was, um, a little bit after 11. And so I had about three contractions, I think, in that position. So every time when I would start having a contraction, I would, we had the bed kind of the head propped up. Mm-hmm. headboard propped up. So I would hold on to the top of the headboard. It's kind of hard to explain, but, and be then on my knees and kind of just, and breathing through the contractions. And the nurse, after she saw me do that twice, she's like, "Now that's more what I've been wanting to see today. Mm-hmm. And this looks more like she's, you know, starting to have some actual labor.
1: And that's when it shifted to about every minute and a half or so.
0: Yes. And so then she asked if she could check me. And I kind of didn't want her to check me because I was afraid that there wasn't going to be anything that had happened because it felt like (laughs) it had been such a short amount of time that we'd actually had some real contractions. She checked me and I was almost to an eight. And so I know that usually when I get to an eight, um, things progress pretty quickly. And um, so that was really encouraging for me. And then the interesting thing was, as I started shaking. Do you remember mm-hmm. I was shaking and I don't recall doing that in any of you my did. other labors, you did. but maybe I just wasn't as present because this labor, I was very, very present, very aware of everything that was going on, very much talking like in between contractions, mm-hmm. like still on my phone, still posting in between contractions, texting people. It was just very interesting. Always before, usually in between contractions, it's like, I'm just... Barely functioning because they're taking so much out of me that I'm just mm-hmm. trying to catch my breath.
1: Is that kind of isn't it an adrenaline dump during the transition? So that way you can make it through. You think that's what it is?
0: I don't know. They just say that transition, your body does different things, and so I just remember I was just shaking and shaking and shaking, and I couldn't stop shaking, and that was weird to me. Um, but they never because then the contractions were kicking into gear. They never bumped the Pitocin up anymore. And mm-hmm. so it felt very much like natural contractions versus Pitocin contractions. And that was such a gift because in between contractions, there was almost zero pain. So usually with Pitocin, the contractions are so painful and they're so close together that even in between contractions, it really doesn't feel like, like it feels like you come down some, but you're still, there's still so much pain.
1: Now, they never turn the pit off. Right. 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 Because before uh, we w- had gone to the hospital, you thought about at a certain point you wanted them to turn it off, but we never got to that point because the previous time they had raised it so quickly.
0: Yes. I I think if I'm remembering correctly, I was at 28. Like in, this time I was at eight. Last time they had That's bumped it all the way up yeah. to 28. So. It's a huge intensity difference. And it was ha- then it was pushing my body so much that at the end of Kirsten's birth, like I, they said I had to wait for the doctor to come in. And I was like, I can't wait. Can you turn then turn off the pit? Because there's no way that I can wait. Right. Um. So I, I don't know exactly how many contractions I had between, you know, it was probably about eleven ten and 12 o'clock. What are you doing the math? Because I was having them.
1: Well, so the the cycle would be every three minutes. Yeah. Because it was there was a minute and a half per contraction, spaced at a minute and a half apart mm-hmm. on average. So yeah, every so- three minutes until things really start kicking in about eleven fifty. So.
0: Well, they were kicked in from 11:10. I mean, 11:10 on, they were kicked yeah. in. They just, but I don't, I mean, it felt like it was like seven contractions. I don't know exactly, but it felt like I had pretty much seven hard contractions in the space of about 45 minutes. Um, it was probably a little bit more than that. I don't know if I'm doing yeah. the math right on that. Um, but, Again, I had space in between each one, like a minute and a half. But each one was very intense, and I could definitely feel he was coming down. It was, you know, doing things. And I remember the last three contractions, thinking, "I think I can only do three more of these. They are so intense when they're happening." Um, and I was just trying to focus on, you know, just mm-hmm. you can do this, you can do this, and just mm-hmm. That's you know, all it
1: took. relying it upon three. the Lord.
0: And you were really good with. Um, you're always just right there at my head, just kind of helping me breathe through and kind of counting. You will time the contraction. So you kind of know, okay, I only have like 30 more seconds. Then you'd be like 15 seconds, 10, and you'd kind of count down for me. And that really, really helps me because it helps me to stay focused. And it reminds me, okay, like there's an end, there's a finish line. It's it's We're almost there, we're almost there, we're almost there. And then I would be done and I could relax.
1: Even if there's only, if there's 30 seconds left, I I don't say 30. I say 15, 15. 15 because anybody can do anything for 10 seconds.
0: You're like, almost done, almost done, 15 seconds. Um, anyway, so about, I think it was uh, right around 12 o'clock. Maybe it was a little bit before 12 o'clock. I don't know exactly, but the nurse checked me again. She asked if she could check me again, and she said, you're complete, except for maybe there's like a little bit left there or mm-hmm. something. But she, So, she's like, I got to call the doctor, which I was grateful for because one of my big things was last time I was complete and very ready to push. It was a little bit
1: before 12 because he was born at 1210. Right. So,
0: so you, you, you spoiled the punchline, dude. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry. (laughs) Um,
0: Anyway, it's fine. Um, What was your punchline? Well, it was going to be that it was that it happened so quickly. Yeah. Okay. So last time, the nurse and the nurses weren't even in the room. I was very ready to push. We had to call. We had to push the call button and get them in there, and that was really scary to me that (laughs) That no one was there. It's, that was funny too. Oh, the, it was,
1: the, was a it, mad dash. In it, was it was not was so funny, funny for me.
0: I will just say it was not I funny for me. I wish I had a me. video of it. I didn't. Your men, the men's perspective <laughs> she, of birth. She
1: came in with the draped this blue tarp all over the place and a huge space suit coming in. It was, yes.
0: Anyway. Was so I didn't want that to happen again. I didn't want it to happen again where I was ready to push and nobody was in there. So this time... I was grateful that she checked me, and she's like, "You're complete." And then people started coming in, and they called the doctor. And I still felt like, though, I don't feel like how I usually feel when I'm complete, which is, um, but I think maybe they've—I've never gotten checked when I was at that point. I think I've always gotten checked. I've always either said I'm ready to push, or Mm -hmm. and they've just let me push. The midwives will just let you push if you're more have had more than one baby they just will let you push when you say you're ready to push. And then, um, or I've said, I'm ready to push. And then the doctor will check me. So I've never had it be where I haven't said that yet. They've checked me. They've said you're complete. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I don't feel the head down there, like bulging out. Like I can barely hold it in. Like I've got to push this baby out. But I was thinking, well, it'll be a good thing. The doctor will get here. And by the time she gets here, maybe I'll be ready to push then. But even when she came and she checked me, she said, you're ready to push. You know, you can push on this next contraction. I still didn't feel ready to push. And so I said to her, I was like, can you walk me through? Can you remind me how to push? Which is funny because you would think like, okay, this is my fifth baby. But because I didn't feel that urge to push, Mm -hmm. I was thinking I am going to need some help to make this happen. And I don't even know if I'm ready.
1: You also had a fear of pushing him out.
0: I didn't though when I actually got. When actually to
1: got down to, I was wondering about that because before you were really worried about that because we had issues with Kirsten because that was the issues with the pit because it was progressing so quickly with the pit that we had the social uh, shoulder dystocia issues. Then that was really causing trauma for you beforehand.
0: And beforehand would be like, I would say the first three months of my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But then there were so many other complications and possible complications that the birth was not even, we were just like, let's get, I was just get to the finish line. And then when I got to the actual birth, I didn't feel that fear, but I had told them, I'd said, you know, there's a possibility that when I get to the pushing part, all of a sudden that, you know, trauma or something's going to come up from the last time because the last birth was very, the, the last, four minutes or whatever were very traumatic. Maybe it was 10 minutes or something. Um, And I didn't even realize it until kind of after the birth, how much pain and all of that. But you can go listen to the other Kirsten's birth story, which we'll link to in the show notes if you're interested in that. But anyway, so the doctor comes in. She says, you're complete. She says, you know, you're ready to push. I said, can you remind me how to do it? So she kind of, you know, said, when your next contraction comes, you're going to, you know, Hold your breath and then you're going to bear down as much as you can. We're going to try to have you do that three times during the contraction. So I was on hands and knees, which is how I usually have birthed and prefer to birth. Um, But I've always birthed on hands and knees when I've had that urge to push. I've never, you know, this was my first time, like I wasn't even having really any pain in between the contractions. I didn't feel a head down there. I didn't feel like I needed to push this baby out. So I was thinking, I don't know. So I tried it two times, two contractions, and both times it just felt like I wasn't getting a lot of traction. And usually I never have more than three contractions and then I'm w- without pushing the baby out. Like when I'm ready to push, I just like get it done. <laughs> and so um, she said, well, you could try flipping over, which always before, like the thought of giving birth on my back was just. Felt like the worst position if <laughs> since I don't have epidurals. And so I said, okay, well, I mean, I guess I can try it. And I was thinking, I'm sure it won't work, but it's not going to hurt to try. I can try it for one contraction. If it doesn't work, then I can flip back over. Right. Um, and I knew because she's very good with working with me and she trusts she me and everything. She is very,
1: very good working with you.
0: But she's always also... Yes, very calm. And but she's also like been proven very trustworthy and all Mm -hmm. of that. So I was like, if she's thinking I can, you know, try flipping over, then I'm gonna try flipping over. So I did, and they like pulled these little handles up and then I could so I could hold on to those. And then you held one leg and the nurse held the other leg, and then the doctor does whatever the doctor does down there to help the baby come out. And so I had I started my next contraction and she said, you know, okay, push. And she was just kind of walking me through it. And, you know, third of the way through the contraction, I had pushed the head almost out. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, okay, there is a baby down there. (laughs) Um, And then she just was kind of really coaching me to keep pushing as hard as I could. And she's like, you're almost like, you can do this, you can do this. And um, so that part was, I felt like hard because I was, pushing really hard and kind of feeling like I just would rather give up right now um but i kept pushing and got him out in that one contraction and so um i was it was kind of this really surreal moment when he came out because i was thinking i didn't feel like he was ready to come out and there he is how did i push that baby out but um, so I'm glad that my doctor had me flip over cause yep. honestly, I don't know how long I would have been trying on hands and knees cause it just wasn't working well for me. Um, so I don't know if maybe the flipping over helped him engage more or if he wasn't down as low and I have no idea, but anyway, he came out and I didn't tear, I didn't hemorrhage. There was nothing. Um, I didn't have any, like, any issues. And, um, so, and he was Great, he started screaming right away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a little; I could tell immediately that he was a little on the small side, and um, so he was six fourteen, which is our smallest baby that we've had. Um, most of them are like a little over seven pounds, or somewhere between. Like, I think the largest one we've had is eight pounds. I feel like eight, like right around eight pounds.
1: Seven um, something. I don't think anybody was. Eight. I
0: think Caitlin was maybe eight or something. Anyway. They've all been around the same, but he was under seven, which is the first first under seven that we've had. It was just really great. Caitlin was able to be there, and her, her only reaction was um, she said, well, if that's what you call an easy birth, I don't even want to know what a hard birth is like. <laughs> and then the other thing was, she said, mom, you said you didn't make any noise. And you did. We were like blowing raspberries when you were pushing him out. And I was like, honey, I was pushing a baby out. Like that's, you know, it's okay if I was making like blowing noises. And she's like, well, that was noises, mom. So I guess she expected that I was just going to be like,
1: extremely quiet,
0: completely quiet the whole time. Um, so I, guess I disappointed and let her down on that one. But, um, but she took some pictures of right when they kind of pulled him up on me, which I've never had pictures like that because we've never had an extra person there who mm-hmm. could take those pictures or that I remembered to ask to take those pictures. So that was really sweet. And then the other cool thing that we weren't expecting is that the kids were able to come right up um, mm-hmm. right after he was born. I would say within 20 minutes, they were all... In the room, um, and the funny thing was, is I had asked them to have Kirsten dressed all cute because I wanted I had kind of pictured in my head we're going to get these cute pictures of Kirsten holding him for the first time, and Kirsten and I had had so many conversations about him coming out and he's going to be a little baby and all this. They walk in the room, and somebody like looks and there's poop on their hand, and they very quickly <laughs> realize that she has had this. Huge blowout diaper, like, all up the back of her, all over her clothes. So instead of us admiring our beautiful brand-new baby, we're trying to figure out what to do about this poop explosion that has happened. And so the first pictures that we have of her with him, she just has on a diaper because we didn't have an extra outfit for her. Skin to
1: skin, I guess. So it was just funny. One one blessing is that I got to cut his cord, and um, she also— let the cord stop pulsating that was something that we really really wanted and we didn't know if uh, she would go for that but we didn't even ask for that and it she did it all on her own
0: yes i had asked with my other birth and this time i hadn't and she had said yeah that's that's usually our practice unless there's something wrong and but they yes they were very good they it was it was kind of the surreal moment also of after he was born It was like, there'd been so much activity, activity, Mm -hmm. activity, and then he was born and it was just like quiet because he cried. He was healthy. He was good. They checked him and I was good. And so it was like this, everybody just got really still and we Mm -hmm. just all kind of waited while I just held him and you guys were just waiting for the cord to stop pulsing. And that was just, it was just really cool to kind of have it just all get still Mm -hmm. and, um, so yeah, it was really special. It was very special to have all the kids come up and get to be in there right away and get to meet him. Um and just it was just such a a wonderful birth experience. That's that's I don't know how else to say. Um easy as far as, you know, when as far as births go, but just for my last birth to just have it end on that note of it just going in this beautiful way. It was just such a gift. And especially after a rough pregnancy, Mm -hmm. that was especially a gift to just have this beautiful birth. And my recovery went so well. And um, so you guys ended up leaving five hours after and driving to Destin. Mm -hmm. And I stayed back with um, Kirsten and, Um, Catherine and Catherine took off a few days of work and she took such good care of us. And it was just really crazy to have my oldest daughter driving me home from the hospital with this brand new baby. And then the house was actually so quiet for a few days because usually there's so much activity and people coming in and out. And so it ended up being such a blessing. I'd been worried about you being gone and me being home with this brand newborn and just trying to recover and how is all that going to go. But it was actually a gift. Mm-hmm. Not that you were gone. I missed you. But um, just to have that quiet for a few days. Well,
1: and and I'm sure just like me, I'm sure you were able to get some really good sleep while you were still at home.
0: Yes, I did ask Jesse on the trip. I said, how's it going? And I said, um, is, is Baby D, is he... Is he doing okay? And you're like, he's never cried one time. And I was like, how's he sleeping? And you're like, oh, he slept 10 hours last night. And I was like, he's an amazing sleeper. Just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you said he never cried the entire trip. He was just perfect the entire amazing. trip.
1: He did amazingly.
0: So, anyway, there is the birth story. Um, we are grateful to be. On the other side of it, Micah has done so well. He's been such a gift. And he is going to be one month in two days from us recording this podcast. And um, it was just a really wonderful month with him. We've actually already taken, well, you took that trip and then you took a trip to um, Michigan. Michigan for your brother's wedding, which we didn't get to go to, which was sad, but it was just too close to after the birth. And then um, a few days ago, we went to North Carolina for a speaking event that I had um, said I might be able to do just depending upon how the birth went. And so I got to speak at um, the She Speaks conference and Micah got to go to his first conference when he was three and a half weeks old. So that was pretty fun. And we're getting ready to take another trip um, to go to Bull Shoals um, Lake in near Mountain Home, Arkansas. We go there every year. This will be, I think, my 20th or my 21st year. My mom would know for sure. Um, so we're excited to get to go with all my extended family, except for um, one family's not going to be able to come because they literally just had a baby. So I'm looking forward to that. And so Micah's first month or so has been um, quite eventful. eventful yep. um, like, welcome to the family, son. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> it's always an adventure. So we're excited to be getting back to podcasting and getting back into the groove. And um, thank you so much for um, just your support. I heard from multiple people who were just talking about how much they missed the podcast and that just meant so much to me. So we're excited to be back and hopefully next week, We will have a book update and some things that are saving our life, but we wanted to just dedicate this one to the birth story. So Jesse, I told you it was going to be a short one and now 37 minutes. Um, (laughs) Just had a lot of words to share about the birth, but there you go. Have a great day and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.